everyone and welcome to the first edition, uh, I think it's called edition, but when it's a podcast I'm not actually sure what you do or what you call it. Um, anyway, my name is Lisa Hager, I'm a HR director for a fitness company and next to me I have the very talented Nicola Porter. Oh, thank you very much. Hi, hi everyone. So Nicola and I have worked together for how long? A while, too, too long. long, too, too long. long, do you think? Yeah, if, if you can't remember, then it's obviously too long. Yeah. Well, I've been here for about two years, and Nicola's been with us just over just, a year, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, just over. Time flies. Um, so so much fun. <laughs> in HR. <laughs> End of brackets. <laughs> um, so, why are we doing this? <clears throat> so, the audience is listening right now thinking, why are you doing this? Well, we designed it because two gins in is what Nicola and I usually are when we're working late. We have a couple of chins to keep us going, keep us happy and smiley, trying to make sense of all the madness called HR and people. And I think this was actually the brainchild of a two gins in conversation, hence the name. It was, and it was also after having a dirty Kentucky. Yes, we, oh, yes. we eat Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, we are a big fan of KFC. They've not paid me to say this, but other, we are other a- chicken brands are available. <laughs> we just have to say that. But if you'd like to sponsor us KFC, because that's on Instagram. <laughs> anyway, so um, some of you may have uh, read some of my blabs on uh, LinkedIn recently, or maybe not. Uh, but either way, um, I have a lot of people who ask me about HR. And they ask me, um, why did I want to go into HR? How did they get into HR? Or they're currently in some HR-related um, role, for example, pure recruitment, and they want to come into the wider piece of HR. So um, it seems a fitting opening, I think, to talk about HR as a general topic. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then, you know, the, the plan is to go a little bit more uh, diverse and talk about the topics that are, you know, controversial um, out there Mm -hmm. whatever's trending anything people related so it's not specific just to pure HR um, with the plan going forward that we'll have some very interesting guests um, that I think we'll get um, you know get into a lot of trouble with Nicola Um, trouble mischief generally our middle name to be honest with you this is the warts and all podcast of HR this is not going to be intellectual let's say it will. You will learn a lot. It may not earn you a million pounds and make you a you know um, main stage player on any kind of academic level with HR, but you will certainly learn a lot about the real world of HR, um, and hopefully you can take this into your own experiences on a day to day level and learn from our experience. I'm not going to say mistakes. Experience. Well, the experience comes from me because I've been doing it thirty years. I'm as old as a dinosaur. <laughs> Uh, Nicola laughs because, you know, I have shoes older than she is, so she has no idea about experience. But, um, yeah, she's fun to be around for sure. Um, But, (laughs) well, we're just here to have a lovely time. We are going to have a lovely time. Um, I spoke to um, the infamous uh, Chris Williams on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago, and he asked me, what's, you know, what is the output from this, Lisa? What is it you're trying to do? And I said, I'm not going to earn anybody any money. I'm not going to become famous from this. That's not the point. I'm just here to meet some amazing people, and we are just going to have the most lovely time um, and have a couple of glasses of gin. Mm-hmm. We're not going to hurt anybody. We're not going to harm anybody. Nope. Um, yeah, we're, we're just uh, just going to put it out there. I'm looking at it like therapy, to be honest with you. As in, this is just going to be a, a way to discuss the unusual elements of our, of our job. Um, to one check, we're not alone in, you know, the madness that can be HR. Um, spread some knowledge, spread some love, 
Um, and yeah, like you say, learn from others. I'm really excited to see um, who our first guest is going to be. Ah, I think I have some ideas, but we won't reveal that just okay. yet. Oh, okay. spoiler. Okay, more to yeah. come. So let's take back, Nick. So you have a legal background. I That's do. where your training was mm-hmm. originally, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. So how do you go from being a qualified solicitor, which you are, into mainstream HR? Um... Well, actually, why? Let's start in the beginning. Why did you want to transition to pure HR, and then how did you do it? Okay. Um, Because we have that question a lot from a lot of people of how do you break in? So it helped helped me in a way that I uh, quite sadly come from a family of HR professionals. Uh, Big shout out to my my dad and my sister. Uh, We're all very sad. Um, We all talk about, you know, HR discussions around the dinner table. My mum is thoroughly like buzzing as you can tell in the corner she's the one you know drinking all the gin just just while she listens to us rant on um so hr has always been something that has been in my mindset but from that when i was at school you're kind of picking what you want to do um law spoke to me as as something that suits my personality as you can tell i'm quite loud quite bolshy and thought this is what I want to do, wanted to specialise in employment law. So that's where my legal career started. I started off in um, consultancy and then went into more kind of high street firms, etc. And um, whilst I loved the type of work um, and sort of the material, the people you work with in the legal profession are a very different beast to what you're told. It's not as glamorous as you see on TV, let's put it that way. Um, and to me, I wasn't getting the the end product. So you deal with a part of a, a, a client's problem um, and then you never see the end result. You don't really work a lot with people, um, much contrary to popular belief. And that's what I, was missing for me. That was the missing puzzle piece. So on top of the office politics that you have to deal with working in law, um, the enormous amount of red tape and paperwork that you absolutely drives you insane. Um, and the fact that you don't actually really get to ground with people was why I decided, right, well, where can I go that will utilise these skills? Um, so... The obvious solution was employment lawyer, go into some sort of um, back into something consultancy based or actually go in house. Um, So I took the leap and thought, right, I might have to start again because obviously HR is much more than just um, employee relation issues. So I took a leap. I left my job in the legal profession and started applying for HR assistant roles HR coordinator roles HR admin roles just to try and get my foot in the door um and rocked up on your doorstep Lisa and you decided to take me (laughs) so here I am um yeah so what nearly 18 months in um and with the help of this wonderful woman I have learned so much I did pay her to say that bit by the way I'm not sponsored by Lisa Hager (laughs) um yeah, no, with, with Lisa's help and guidance, I have built myself up to be a HR business partner within 18 months, which I like to think is quite a good achievement. Indeed. Um, so it's utilising the skills I did have, which are you know multifaceted within all the different areas of HR. And then I've learned the other bits along the way, and I'm still learning. So that's kind of how I got to where I am. And the reason I did it is because I wanted to help people. And being in HR, you do that, you get to learn, you're, you're 
your people become your family you want to look after them um you want to do what's best for them and you build a more cohesive relationship with them because you're here day to day you go through the peaks and troughs of every every year every month every week um and yeah you you build from there so i think it to me personally it's much more rewarding than what i was doing before yeah i mean the serious side of it is for a lot of people I know generally HR have a bad rep out there. Um, and there's a reason for that. It's, it's a bit like recruitment. You have very good people in the industry and you have very bad people in the industry. Um, and um, unfortunately, everybody remembers the bad stuff rather than the good stuff. Um, it's always that careful balance of having to do some tough stuff, which is like make redundancies, etc. And that's mm-hmm. always really, really tough for everybody involved. Um, but it's it's great to do all the progressive stuff, which is obviously the learning and development, you know, the uh, succession planning. Engagement. Um, engagement. You, you have people coming in as apprentices and they leave four years later and graduate into a full, you know, the boy to man kind of scenario. <laughs> yeah, and it's very paternalistic, really. Um, and so... But of course, there's a lot of emotions, um, you know, involved in a lot of things that happen on a day to day. Mm. Um, And I think for me, one of the key things is for some people, we're all they've got. And I say that quite profoundly because for some people who are going through a tough time at home, they come to work to kind of shut it off Mm -hmm. or they come to work because we're their one constant. Yeah. Um, And so it is a huge responsibility in, in many ways. And I do pride myself of having to, um, well, actually being in the position where you can be that person for people um, because it can make a big difference. And, of course, I don't do the... Anybody who's ever worked with me or knows me knows I don't go through the traditional HR model. No. Um, and there's a reason for that. It's because... You're every not single, a traditional woman. No, and, and every single person's different. So regardless of the book say you should do this, mm-hmm. um, in context, like you say, everybody's different, but in context, their context's different. Um, and the same as when anybody makes, um, you know, you think you know somebody and then they'll come in the next day like someone else. Um, and that can throw you and you think, well, what's changed? Mm. You know, it's less than 24 <clears throat> hours later and you're completely morphed into this other person. What's yeah. going on? But people's behavior changes because of the context. And so you are managing the unmanageable, the unknowable. Mm-hmm. And it's our responsibility to, you know, kind of capture that art and science of management um, with the added um, complexity that our product can change its mind in 10 seconds flat with no notice yep. whatsoever. So we're catching what over the sieve some days. Yeah. That's how I describe it. We like, we like the, the colander effect. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember, the, there's, there's some famous person who talked about the colander effect and I can't think who it is right now, but... Um, we'll we'll, we'll talk anyway. about that next week. We'll, yeah, we'll research that one. Right. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to go back to something that you said. Um... Obviously, you've explained about how you transitioned. How did you feel about knowing that you felt you had to go back? So you've spent time, money, and effort mm. getting yourself qualified in law. Yeah. And that's not a cheap route. Okay? No. It's expensive, uh, student debts, et cetera, et cetera, for many mm-hmm. years to come. How did you feel about having to go basically back to square one and potentially halving your salary to go into an industry that you really wanted? Do you think that's the right route? It, or is, is that people just taking advantage of other people? And expecting um, people to do that because at the end of the day, I think there is there is some of that. I agree, um, and I know some roles I did apply for. Um, I had quite a few people coming and asking me, "Why are you applying for this role? You're completely overqualified." Um, and I think the interesting point was that they were honest, and some recruitment agencies were honest and said, "You're pitching yourself too low." Um, but in my opinion, I wasn't overqualified because I knew from sort of background and stuff that. 
just because I'm a lawyer doesn't mean I'm going to be competent at all the other aspects of, of being in HR. Um, so to me, I was prepared to take that cut and take that risk um, because I knew there were areas I had to I had to mould myself into to be a, a well-rounded HR professional anyway. Um, yes, I could have just gone in and, and sort of potentially blagged my way through straight into a, you know, advisor, sort of senior advisor position and just just sort of said well that's my kind of um that's my specialty that's my strong point I'm just going to do ER um but that's not what I wanted I wanted the overall picture and I was in a fortunate position that I could say yes I am going to take a step back and I am going to um half my salary and um just hope for the best because in honesty the situation I was in I was prepared to take that leap because going back and starting again was better than staying in a job that I didn't love anymore, working with people I didn't respect or didn't respect me, more importantly, um, and just doing something that, yeah, I had to do for my for my own well-being, my own sanity, and, and yeah, I've never looked back. But it wasn't the only adversity that you faced, was it? No. No. So we're going to talk about something that's probably a little bit um, sensitive to, to many people. Um, in every aspect of, of what we do in, in any industry, you'll see lots of buzzwords flying around. And I think HR tend to be an industry where there's always a lot of buzzwords yes, hanging around. Yes, there certainly are. Yeah. Um, and the latest one is... Neurodiversity. Yes, it is. It certainly is. Um, and obviously, I've seen a lot of things being written about it. There's more articles being written about it. Um, and I, I mean, I'm not knocking it. I, it's good that it's now hit somebody's radar. Mm, it's great that there's the awareness about yeah. it. Um, what I don't like, the same as, um, and I'll use an, another example. So neurodiversity, um, that's you, isn't it? It's me, actually, yes. Yeah. I, so, I, I so am that tick box, so well done you for being an equal opportunity employer. I'm not saying that's why I got the job. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not, anyway. <clears throat> Excuse um, me. The, um, yeah, but it's about being inclusive because... Yeah. Um, and that, for any company, should always be there. Mm. And people should not discriminate against a number of the obvious things that people will talk about, sex, race, religion, etc. Mm-hmm. But also about because someone's a little different, or they have tendencies, or they suffer from X, Y, and Z. Yes. Or they have a condition. And there's different ways that people say it. So if I've missed something, I'm sorry. And if I've offended anybody by the way I've described it, again, very sorry. Not, not meant to. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's some adversity that you face. So, yes. Yes. So what is it? Um, so I didn't realise until about five years ago, um, I am actually severely dyslexic and partially dyspraxic. Um, I went through my entire school career, my university career, just thinking I just wasn't quite there, as in academia was difficult. Um, I struggled massively with spelling and my handwriting is appalling, as Lisa will testify. Little things like that. Um you go through the general kind of, oh, maybe I'm just, you know, a little bit stupid. Um, really struggle with kind of, my handwriting is appalling. Lisa will testify to that. Uh, spelling is really difficult. Grammar is really difficult. And when you're doing a very detailed degree like law, um, it just made everything five million times more difficult. And it wasn't until I actually got into work and um, my boss supervisor at the time kind of noticed a lot of these mistakes and said that um okay why why are these things still happening and it, they thought it was just me being sloppy and 
it wasn't it was sort of you know I mean you can sit there and and watch something or look at something time and time again and if you're dyslexic you can't see the spelling mistakes on the page you can't see that you've put two words wrong way around because that's how you see things Mm -hmm. um so for example anybody who watches line of duty spoiler alert um last night obviously one of the big like clues in the case was um that definitely had been spelt wrong yep i had absolutely no idea Yep, yeah. I hadn't picked that up at all. Um, So things like that, you know, I could read document after document, um, wouldn't pick that stuff up. And then basically I used to get kind of taken over the coals for it by my boss. And it was that I wasn't trying hard enough. I wasn't focused. I wasn't driven. I was lazy. um, And I actually went and did something about it. I went and got tested because I spoke to my sister who is um, a learning and development specialist. And she said, have you thought about being tested for dyslexia? So I got tested and sure enough, yes, I am very, very severely dyslexic and partially dyspraxic. And there's all these wonderful things that you can then have. Um, So, you know, programs like Grammarly, um, overlays for for reading things and uh, speak aloud for word and stuff that says everything back to you, absolute godsend. Um, But it wasn't until I sort of found all these tools um, that I realised it wasn't me. Mm -hmm. Um, But the problem is by that point, the relationship between myself and and the employer had had got quite bad um, because of these elements. And um, yeah, it it was one of the reasons why I I left because it just, it it left a bad taste in, in my mouth. And it just was something we couldn't come back from. And even once then I was open and honest and said look I've I've gone and had this and this is what I I now yeah I don't suffer from it I suppose but maybe I do what the right terminology is um the support wasn't there it just it felt that they felt it was just an excuse um because even when I then was starting to use some tools to help me that I had to pay for out of my own pocket um wow yep so um, it's interesting. It's it's not very well understood that you know it it can be to the same level as somebody having a physical um, ailment because you know it affects your brain. Your brain does three quarters of your job for you, and mm-hmm. yeah, to now work somewhere where I do have that understanding um, and the respect that I'm not perfect. I am going to make mistakes, um, but it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. It is very refreshing. Absolutely. And um, yeah, it's happening more and more. It's so good that the awareness is out there. I wish that awareness had been out there five years ago. Um, but yeah, it's it's difficult. And what about your dyspraxia? How do you say that affects you? Or affects uh, people around well, you? I'm rubbish at cricket. <laughs> <laughs> you try not to play too much cricket in the office audience. I just need to tell you that. But, yeah. Uh, um, so even yeah. though our best saying is a cricket term, uh, which has always been said, is just go big or go home. Um, I don't think it's appropriate right now, Nicola, to tell people that we may have a cricket bat in our room. It's probably just not one. the best thing for, just one, right? <laughs> for HR. It's, it's just for total personal reasons. Yeah. So yeah. So how does it affect you? Uh, my dyspra- oh, dyspraxia, I don't know. It, it's just I am incredibly clumsy. Uh, at least I will know this. I drop stuff all the time and um, I'm dreadful at parking. But you're a body pump instructor as well. as I mean, I This a- lady has many, many <laughs> talents. And outside of work, she lives the fitness dream. Uh, she's a, a body pump expert. Yeah. Uh, she puts people through their paces. And, I do. And I know that when she's had a tough day in the office, I feel really bad for the people <laughs> because I know that she goes out and beasts them through extra music and extra weights and extra, like, putting them I through do. their paces. But they love um, it. 
and they always know when Nicholas had a bad day because because they do come out feeling beaten up, but in a good way. It's it did happen good. on Thursday. Like, they very much <laughs> felt it. They went, "Ooh, you're in a mood today." Um, not that I ever show it on my face um, because that's also part of the HR job. Going back to to work, yeah. even if we're having a bad day, even if things are going wrong we have to paint that smile on and we have to carry on and you just get on and you solve the problems as to why things are going wrong and that's what I do in pump basically I put the smile on and yes I will push them a little bit harder and and stuff like that but oddly in pump I don't tend to drop stuff as much I don't know why some of the weights are quite heavy and I'm worried that obviously you pick one up and then drop it yeah if 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 you get a call one day then you know (laughs) it's that I've gone too far and I've smashed a plate over my head or something um no luckily in a gym environment I'm not generally that clumsy um I don't know why I don't know if it's a different focus and and stuff in my brain uh I'm not a um psychology expert or anything so anybody who wants to come and um you know detail analyze my my um my brain more than welcome to come and join us um just find us at uh, two in at hotmail.com <laughs> um yes so i suppose it's, it's little things like that and um concentration span uh, sometimes goes if i can multitask definitely but if i i'm also a people pleaser so if i'm trying to multitask to my own detriment sometimes things will go out the window yeah so that's i'd say really how it affects me on a day-to-day level Okay, so um, going back to obviously your previous experience that you've had with your employer and that you mentioned that, you know, um, they were far from supportive. Mm -hmm. What would you say would be the best advice to give to anybody who has anything that they feel is holding them back? Uh, I think, first of all, get as much information as you can about what it is that you're suffering from and potentially why you're suffering from it. Um, is it exacerbated by your situation? So dyslexia, dyspraxia, things like that, exacerbated by stress. So if you're in a particularly stressed environment, concentration levels, etc., go completely out the window. So get the information on what triggers you, what doesn't, um, and how best you can deal with or manage the the issues that you're facing have that information ready and do go and have that honest conversation with your employer before it becomes a problem that they think it's something that it's not and then they believe it's an excuse is my perfectly honest answer <clears throat> and can i also say to everybody when uh, nicola and i first met she was very open and honest about it um she had never hidden anything from me um and it was part of her again for me it's about my personal values which is honesty and integrity and you can't have one without the other and they mean so so much to me in my working life in my personal life just as a human being um and if she didn't feel that she could be open and honest with me at that stage when we were having the first initial coffee together then the relationship was never going to work so i do you know generally heartfeltly appreciate that you did that thanks the, um, the tattoo that, on the that, forehead was you know, worth it then <laughs> But that was a courageous thing to do. There's not many people would do it because, again, come back to the whole point of the neurodiversity, which is coming back to it, is a lot of people won't speak out because they're afraid, Mm. because they know that somebody's going to turn around and see that as somebody who might need a little bit more support or Mm -hmm. a bit of work or um, it's just different and they don't really know what to do with it or how to deal with it or... and. um, and so I hope by sort of just actually bringing this out into the open, it's like, think about the amount of talented people in the world that have been told no mm. just because they're a little bit different. Yep. And there's so many other aspects to a person than, for, for me personally, it's 
because of my dyslexia. Um, gosh, I feel like this, is, this is therapy about me. This is wonderful. <laughs> this is good. Um, <laughs> there's so many other things that I can do, and I think that's where I came from with you in my interview. Yeah. Um, that because I'd been through this experience, I felt I had to be open and honest, and especially jumping into a completely new arena, I felt I had to be open about it because I didn't want you to think that I wasn't capable of growth and capable of doing this job. But there were things that you had to know that you might think, oh, yeah, maybe she's not cut out for this. But that aside, there are so many other elements of my skill base and my personality. So um, I'm very outgoing. I'm very approachable. I'm very empathetic. um, That sometimes you don't always get with somebody who's more of a run-of-the-mill academic, I would say. You know, Mm -hmm. I understand people. I can read people very well. Um... And I think those are other things you probably saw in me that you could think, okay, there are some other things to look at, but the other, the other skills that I do have make me a a rounded individual, uh, which for this job you absolutely need to do. Yeah, for sure. I say it's about identifying talent and regardless Mm. of what the challenges come with that person, the the best talent for the best job is you have to go with that regardless. Um, And, um, you know, it would be nice to think that there are other companies out there who are genuinely in every sense of the word, inclusive. Mm. Because I think as businesses, when we talk about talent, um, and talent is our biggest asset, it's also the most expensive asset. Certainly is. Which is expensive to get wrong, and um, <coughs> you know, when you don't retain your staff, everything just, the costs go up. Mm-hmm. Happy people are productive people. They certainly are. And that all adds to the bottom line, so there's the commercials for anybody saying, oh, what about the commercials, Lisa? There you go. Um, <laughs> makes good business sense it makes good ethical sense it you know again values and behaviors are so closely linked um and i just hope that you know somebody's listened to this and actually thought about it a little bit more and it's just a little bit more open-minded about being really inclusive um rather than if something's a little bit hard or a little bit difficult steering away from that Mm. um and so then that brought me to thinking about things like job descriptions Oh, so of course then love a job description we have job descriptions and <laughs> as a part of any role you go okay you know job x uh, and here's a job description mm-hmm. so of course these job descriptions are written in the way that i understand the role and i'm having a pop at myself here because i know i could have done better so i've done it as a, as a very run-of-the-mill hr role mm-hmm. and i've done it and i've written it and and kind of placed it as i from the inside looking out need to have yeah for the business mm-hmm. but I've got it wrong and I, and I say that with conviction I have got it wrong um, because what I haven't stopped to consider is I have written it as I understand it not as my audience is going to read it can I sit in front of you right now and say to you that I've written it with the context that somebody may find it difficult to read because they're dyslexic mm-hmm. or some of the um, you know acronyms and jargon uh, jargon and things like that everyone um, loves jargon because it makes a job look more sexy and more exciting if you chuck it and we're going back to buzzwords aren't yeah we? yeah so it's oh yeah it's this and it's that and yeah. especially for me coming into hr obviously i knew quite a lot of buzzwords um but some of it is is more intrinsic to people who are already in the industry and from especially for applying for an assistant role which is like the second rung of the HR ladder there's terminology in there that I I honestly had to look up at Google to make sure I could tick the box in the interview um, or be able to give the dictionary definition of you know what L&D actually is and um, stuff like that what engagement actually is Um, and there's a lot of pressure I think in interviews to be able to tick box everything in the JD Mm -hmm. um 
Yeah. And if it's full of waffle and full of jargon and you don't actually know what you're applying for, you have to just hope and guess that you, you make the right decision and the right call in the interview. And then not only that, probably, you know, at least 40% of people who have read the job description may think it's not for them when actually it is, but it's just mm. full of crap. Yep. Um, First so, swear word. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, that's, that's a mild <laughs> one. I'm warming up now. It does I've done quite well. I've not sworn for 30 minutes. That's amazing. Oh, and anyway. I was I was trying to be good on the first one, Nicola. The next one, mm. you know. No horse barred. Shit, ass, bollocks, fuck. That'll all be in there in the next one. Brilliant. I promise. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, from my point of view, I, I feel a big fat failure because I haven't stopped to consider that and mm. I should have. Mm. Um, so I'm glad that people are talking about it now because, again, as HR leaders, we should be in the position where we start to think about this in a lot more, um, you know, day to day. It's not just a buzzword. It's actually something that we need to make some fundamental changes in what we do in our approach and how we yeah. read stuff um, because of that fact. Yeah. Um, it's almost like, well, we're saying we're the experts and we write it this way and it's your problem if you can't read it properly. Mm. Um, that is horseshit. That yeah, is. and I, th- I think um, then... So I'll take, definitely take the learning from that. Yeah. I will. I think now it's it's got to be more of a collaborative effort that the line manager writes all the, the waffle of what they think they need and then it's almost becoming HR's job to make that people friendly we should do a podcast on basically podcast version of google box that would be that would you be mean google box hashtag mum moment sorry that's yeah. the first one no, that's be... not a mum moment that's a fuck up that's a mum moment a mum fuck no that's a, <laughs> that's a whole different thing rob edit that out <laughs> Edit, 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 edit. Really um, sorry, Rob. Yeah, sorry. we might keep that for the keep that for the blooper reel. Yeah. That would be really funny. Just we'll just go with hashtag Excalibur. So we've 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 chatted about HR. We've chatted about how to get into HR. Yeah. We've chatted about you know one of the the latest trends that people are talking about um, in a lot of detail, which is which is. So good. I've then got a question for you, Lisa. Go for it. Being the you know HR guru ninja <laughs> empress that you are. Uh huh. Um. Common question I actually get is why do we actually need HR? Oh, what the HR? What's that? I could be here point? for days, boring everybody. Why you need to oh, it's, HR? It's got time. We've you know, but let's got just a bottle end of gin to crack open. We'll sometimes. let's just uh, oh yeah, let's have a little little check. Just okay. to, thank you. There you go. Um, so why have HR? Why have HR? Yeah, yeah I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, yeah. Um, that's what yeah. thirty years in the biz gets yeah. you guys. Complete yeah. cynicism. <laughs> bitter and twisted okay guilty um yeah no why have hr so um for me it again it comes back to what you're saying about um the business you know the serious side of it is we are experts in our own right despite being a department where we have to justify our existence every single week because we don't add direct pounds onto the bottom line or they don't correlate it in the commercial way oh, um, we're not revenue generating buzzword nah. buzzword alert ding, ding, ding. i feel like we need a bell we should get one we should bring We've got in a bullshit the bell. button, actually, which we will bring in on the next time. You will we enjoy do. that. Best Christmas present I ever bought. Um, but yeah, on top of everything that you've said, I think we are a little ray of sunshine for everyone that works with us, because we are a bit fast and loose with our mouths, and um, we're just real people working yeah. with real people, and, and our responsibility is huge, um, and we do take it seriously in that way because um, we're here for everybody. Um, yep. in ways that you know their manager may not be mm-hmm. um, and again because we've had different training you know people forget that you can't just waltz into HR because you think it's a fluffy number there's a lot it's of training there's fluffy. a lot of hours there's a lot of study um, and again it comes back to we you know we 
have to go and prove our CPDs. Um, oh, another acronym. Yep. Oh, Continuous professional development. Whereas some industries don't have to. That they've qualified and they've got their certificate at the end to say that they've passed and that's it. Mm-hmm. Whereas we don't get that privilege. Yeah. Um, and and I, I can't disagree that we should either. No, it's always good to because it changes to learn. all the time. Yeah. You know, um, and the latest thinking, uh, the latest books, latest approach. Um, and there's always, you know, always so much to learn every day. And that's why I like doing things with different people. Mm. Hence the reason why on the podcast, we will have some different guests because I learn so much from other people. Um, sometimes they shock me. Sometimes they make me laugh or cry. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's, um, that's why we want to do it. So um, is there anything else you want to add or we'll close up? Otherwise, we're going to be here for weeks. But, that's um, the plan. Yeah, <laughs> I think I've... Uh, we are. We're going to be here every week. Every week in your ears, guys. Um, if you have liked what you've you've listened to, uh, please write us a review uh, on iTunes. Uh, share our podcast uh, with anyone that you know who may be remotely interested in the wacky ways of HR. Uh, and we'd also like you to get in touch. We would like we would like to know. So we're going to do something every week um, of either what we want you to discuss, what we want you to tell us about. Um, and this week it's, it's quite simple uh, we want to know why you want to be a guest speaker on our podcast so as we said we love to learn from people we love to learn from other people's experiences and we also like to know that we're not alone that you know the, the wonderful ways of HR don't just um, stay confined to our office um, so we want to know from you why you would make a good guest speaker on our podcast um, and what you would talk about so do email us at two gins in at hotmail.com. So that's two as in uh, T-W-O-G-I-N-S-I-N at hotmail.com. I love that you got the dyslexic person to read out the email, by the I way. I thought we did it two as in the number two, not written two. No, you said you didn't like the number two because it sounded rude. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah, no, you did. You said you, did. you wanted the word to, not the number two. <laughs> <laughs> <It's true. laughs> Sorry. Yep. <clears throat> Blooper. Blooper. Um, fine. Yeah. So um, I suppose let's say, let's tantalise Lisa with what we're going to talk about next week. Um, well, again, let's find out who wants to come and speak with us. Let's work out why. And it doesn't have to be HR related. If you uh, think that you've got something incredible to say, something a little bit controversial, but something that's going to get the dialogue, um, like we've talked about the neurodiversity. You know, there's, there's topics that people should be talking about for the right reasons um, and to make us bear all better at what we do, um, then we'd love to hear from you for sure. Um, and if you think you're funny, um, it's, it's great. If you're going to come on because you think you're super handsome, there's a flaw in your plan. It's a uh, podcast and nobody can see you. But, you know. But we can see you. So yeah, so if it's you not do all happen bad. to look like um, Idris Elba, um, yeah. then please get Tom to Hardy look alike. Tom Hardy look alike. Yeah, Lovely. Yeah. You know, all of these beautiful people in the world. Uh, yeah. And a uh, prerequisite is you really do need to like gin or. Uh, variations of gin um because that always helps um because we you will be uh indulging with us on our podcast so i think that's everything for now um, yeah. we look forward to hearing from you and even if we have terrible reviews on apple love it we don't care no love us or haters we don't care we have had a lovely time we and that is their time. objective of you have a lovely time i've had a lovely I've time, had a lovely time. Had a lovely so thank you for listening um and we look forward to hearing from you soon take yeah. care bye bye